It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. And welcome into another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. Thank you all for joining us this Wednesday night, or if you're listening to us afterwards as well, too, on the audio version. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And our journey to the draft is coming close to a climax. We are on our final week of division breakdowns and predictions ahead. We've got NBA playoffs and a surprising full swing right off the top as well, too, and a whole lot, get, a whole lot to get into. Like, it's been the last two months as well, too, the spring. The spring showers are still in full effect, and we are—it's almost draft time, baby. It's our favorite time of the year, and it's getting close. Yeah, it's look, it's draft time. It's these playoffs are wild right now. Let's be completely honest about it. It's uh, it's so it's such a fun time. We have uh, so much going on. Baseball, I mean, God, baseball is off to a hot start itself. It's it's been a whole lot of fun. There's been a couple postponements. The weather hasn't been great for baseball, but you know what? That's okay because the action on the field. I mean, you can't you can't beat it right now. It's been it's action everywhere. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely, as well, too. You know, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into our opening segment, which is aforementionally known as the tip-off. And the tip-off, of course, brought to you by Dr. Squatch. Smell like a man. Feel like a champion. Click the link in our bio. All your wonderful male grooming needs, all in one convenient place for high-quality smells and texture for your skin. And, Kelsey, we're in the tip-off, so we got to talk basketball. You mentioned the NBA playoffs are crazy, as well, too. We're just going to jump right into this. What stuck out to you so far? Most of these series are about two games in, two to three games in. Give me a couple of your early headlines. Uh, as of right now, the Nets, <laughs> it's it's shocking to me. The Nets, they're just the as bad as they have been. I mean, it, it's I should I guess I shouldn't say as bad as they have been. We literally did just give the Celtics head coach coach of the year on the last show, so I shouldn't be like too surprised that the Celtics are doing this well. But it still just feels wrong that the Celtics will... are are doing this well. I think it's the way they're doing it too, is that they are absolutely beating them up. Honestly, like the going into the playoffs. So we, we talked about this in nauseam. The Nets don't play defense because they don't have to, that you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Like you're, you're fine. Bruce <laughs> Brown, Steve Nash kind of running the show, like and their pieces around. You're fine. Ben Simmons eventually coming back. Kevin Durant is shooting like 8%. It feels like this series. He just, he scored 27 points with 20 free throw attempts in game two against the Celtics that they lost. He was terrible. Kyrie Irving shot like less than 40%, I believe it was. He still finished with, I think it was 10 points, four, 4 of 13, something like that, and 8 rebounds. Like, he was terrible. They both, ever since Trace McGray said they are they, they are more skilled than LeBron and Dwayne Wade as a duo were, it has not been very good for them as well, too. So maybe Trace McGrady jinxed him. I don't know what it is. But for all the skills and the high yeah. expectations they set for him, they're getting beat up by a really scrappy Celtics team who, like you mentioned, Emei Doko is my coach of the year. They were the best team since 2022 started, and they're playing like it right now. Jason Tatum, even on a rough night, is able to put the dagger in them in game two as well, too. Clutch threes, clutch free throws, and he's been big time this this series. It's early on. We still haven't even made it back to Brooklyn yet, and Ben Simmons is expected to play, but I agree with you. Two games in, this is not exactly what even the biggest Boston supporters had in mind. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's crazy just to think about, right? It's it's just like, all right, well, the Nets, obviously – they haven't had a great season just due to injuries and various other pieces and parts not working out well. Um, but then you get down to it, and, it, you know, I got to go back to the – so I, I don't know how much we, we, we both care about Stephen A. Smith. I know how much we both just don't really at, – at some points. But when he talks basketball, I actually stop and listen. And J.J. Reddick came on the show today with him, and they were talking about these nets. And one of those really interesting aspects that goes back to the hiring of Steve Nash – was Kyrie Irving then coming out later and saying, well, we don't really need a coach. Well, I'm sorry, but if you watch game one, you needed a coach to call a timeout when you faced a double team, Kyrie, and decided to dribble around and then dish off to KD with three seconds left. Like, you need a coach at that point in time. And yet you see now the Steve Nash effect where he's just not – mentally he's used to having a coach there. He's not mentally used to being the coach in that situation. And, and it's it's an aspect that changes things, and he's just not on that coaching hat yet. He hasn't gotten that full development into a coach 
um, as of this point in time. But now that has a chance to change. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, I, I keep going back to that, and they, they pointed that out many times, J.J. Reddick did today, uh, about that. And I, I just I needed to point that out, that it was like, you know, there's, it, you really start to see it now. He's a coach on the court, but it's kind of hard to be a coach off of the court as well. Too. It's a strange change. And honestly, I saw the perfect tweet. It said, Steve Nash coaching. Come on, guys. Clap, clap. That's kind of isn't <laughs> everything that you could do. I mean, you can't don't really. Jason tell. Garrett. Don't, don't, don't Jason Garrett, Steve Nash. No, he, he at least said, come on, guys. Not Jason Garrett. It's just straight clap, 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 clap. Like he mixes it up a little bit as well, too. But I agree with you. They got it. You got Ben Simmons coming back. I think that'll help things a lot, if nothing, on the defensive end. Because that gives you one player who will play defense at least somewhat yeah. consistently. And I think it'll make just the ball movement a little bit better as opposed to your turn, my turn. I'm awesome. You're awesome. Dribble, dribble, shoot shot. Maybe it'll make it. Maybe they won't shoot four of 13 at it in the next game. When he comes in, maybe they could up that to their usual, like eight of 15 type cells, you know, just a little more efficiency. I think we agree. The nets aren't getting sweat. I think when they go back to Brooklyn, I think we can agree. They're taking at least one, if not both of them, we feel pretty comfortable saying that, but I'm surprised how they've been beat up early on. That's what really stuck out to me. And Jason Tatum, he was an all-star starter this year. Kevin Durant injured. He's starting to show why he was that guy in there as well, too. So that's a good one. The one that really sticks out to me for my headline, I'm looking at the Miami and the Hawks series because that's the that one I thought was going to actually be competitive, but it's probably the wor- the least competitive series of this first round. So I know it's a one versus a, a play in eight seed technically, but going into it, I thought maybe we'd finally see John Collins show up. I thought Trey Young would still yeah. do Trey Young things who led the league in points and assists this year. thought maybe Clint Capello would get back to randomly dunking on people. They've been getting clobbered. I know the set game two was kind of close, and it took Jimmy Butler giving you 45, 5 and 5 or some absolutely asinine stat like that. And Trey Young going like one of nine or something stupid. But this is, it's a mauling. And I did not, I thought the Hawks had a little bit more in them as well, too. And while the Heat were my preseason prediction, if this is the Heat we're going to see the rest of the way, they might go on like that 2017 Cavs and Warriors runs where they basically went undefeated to the finals each for the most part. It's crazy, yeah. Jimmy, but Jimmy is uh, Jimmy back to being Jimmy buckets right now. He is uh, he's he's giving you all the Jimmy McBuckets. Um, you know, he's giving you the twenty piece, the forty piece, whatever you want. He's giving it to you right now. Um, he can open up his own McDonald's. Uh, but it's dude, it's it's been it has really been the Jimmy show. I, I ever since that sideline scuffle between Jimmy and Spolstra and ha- and and Udonis Haslam, that team has been absolutely dominant like it hasn't been fully dominant but it has been playing well very well night in and night out and you see jimmy just like there's a fire under him that he is just spolster just lit a fire and he's just like direct it that way we're gonna get Hmm. points we're gonna have fun and we're gonna go win and he did it at the right time i mean we always talk about this like competitive teams some of the best teams in the world have that competitive juice have those competitive fires that yeah sometimes you will have a scuffle on the sideline or in the locker room it happens and, like, you see it now. Like, Spolstra has directed all of that fire that they all wanted to spit at each other. He's like, all right, go destroy that team out there. Go mm-hmm. stop Trey Young, who has been literally giving everybody buckets day in and day out up until he met the the, the Heat. Like, this dude, potentially, honestly, he probably has has a, has a, had a conversation for MVP at one point in time of the season just with the stretch he was on. You had – it was, like, MVP numbers over a stretch. But you, get, you go up against Jimmy Buckets – this team has just been lit, lit on fire. Bam looks really good, actually, down low, finally. You know, we talked about him last playoff. He was afraid. It looked like he was afraid to go down low and be a big guy. Not this year. This year, he looks like he's ready to go bang bodies. Like, he, him and him and Udonis Haslam have been in the workshop, it looks like. Absolutely. As well, too. And I also want to point out, too, like, you mentioned that when him, Spolster, Udonis Haslam got into their little, almost their little kerfuffle is what we will call it you, it feels like that could have been a fork in the road or like a red pill blue pill you could take one this can go one of two ways they, they chose the right pill they chose the right fork in the road because that completely flipped everything on its head and they've been fantastic them and the celtics have been, during that stretch have been absolutely outstanding and on top of that too i i think at the same time what we're looking forward to is we haven't even seen victor oladipo yet either because he's been did not play yeah. healthy did not play so if they are able to work him back into the lineup i don't know what the issue is i'm not going to speculate because other people do that but whatever, if he does get back in the lineup, that's like he gave you 40 in game number 82 against the Magic. Like you, they have a guy that can give you 40 easily that's healthy scratches right now. So that's a, that's a dangerous team that they can get coming in. We did talk a little about the East. I want to jump over to the West really quickly, considering the West is considered the stack side. What are your thoughts on the Pelicans stealing game two from the Suns? Brandon Ingram giving you almost 40 
looking like, hey, Lakers, you probably shouldn't have traded me after all. A good, smart move on you. <laughs> and then Devin Booker going ballistic until his hamstrings act up on him while dapping up a well, kid with a fist bump, too. First of all, that, that I'm thank, thank you for pointing that out because that <laughs> definitely best image so far of the playoffs <laughs> was Devin Booker giving that small child a, a, a dap, you know, dap and, then, and then just getting back up. That was fantastic. And on top of that, hitting the fadeaway shot before it as well. Fantastic to watch. Um, which also brings me to the point of if you should be worried if you're the Suns. Probably not because you did lose Devin Booker in that game, but you were already losing at that point in time. So it was just like, it almost felt like the moment Devin Booker checked out with that hamstring, the Suns were like, okay, let's pause, take a deep breath. Let's not lose anybody else this game. And let's go into game three ready to go. It, it felt like a very kind of energy switch off for, for Chris Paul and this team, who is a, you know, they're, look, they're, they did it, they did it last year. They know what it takes to get there again. Chris Paul finally knows what it takes to get over that hump and into a finals. So I'm not so worried about it, but I will say this. Brandon Ingram has long since been telling the Lakers, you should have never traded me with his play on and off the court. Last year, he was fantastic. Honestly, if, it, if, if he could just stay healthy, where we'd be talking about this guy in the air of Jimmy, you know, as far as like not the upper echelon of stars, but right there in that B tier, like that, that one B tier of stars. You know, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum right now is there. Uh, Jimmy, obviously Jimmy Butler's there. Carl uh, Anthony Towns is right there. I think you could honestly say Brandon Ingram would be there if he could just stay healthy. Absolutely. And we, I honestly, and CJ McCollum, what a huge addition that oh, has man. been for them as well. Too. Like he's been, weirdly, this is not a good look for Zion as well, too, because they look darn good without him. If he can come back and you can get the Zion of last year when he played 60 something games and averaged like, what was it, 60% from the field because he kept, because every play was a dunk for him. If you can get that healthy Zion with this squad, Pelicans could be dangerous, but we'll have to see how that whole thing plays out. Last playoff series I want to touch on with you before we move on. The Grizzlies firing back, answering back to the Timberwolves with a, not only get, getting the dub back, but drop it, getting a 28-point victory over the top of them. I think they had seven guys scoring double figures as well, too. John Moran with like 23 and nine or something ridiculous like that. Do you think this series will go long, or do you think the Grizzlies flip the switch and this is maybe a five-game series? Man, first, it depends. It, it, this is why it, I look at this one, and this depends purely on Carl Anthony Towns. And honestly, I'd, I'd even add in a little sh shaking of Pat Bev in this. Hmm. Um, and, and that hurts me to say it out loud. But uh, but Carl Anthony Towns, if he could dominate Steven Adams like he did in game one, I think this could go a long series. But game two, Steven Adams is like, no, no, no. We're, uh, hold on. Hold on, young buck. Let me let me teach you some lessons here about what we do down uh, down down in the Southern Hemisphere uh, and when you try to body me up. And that dude's country strong. Like, if we talk about country strong people – Steven Adams is the definition of country strong, and like he will throw people out of the paint and with no problem. And he did that in game two. He literally said Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns down for most of the game. I mean, it's 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 a it's it's an embarrassment of riches when you have your worst starter at Steven Adams for the Grizzlies, and then you have Desmond Bain giving you 18 points. You know, obviously John Morant one one rebound shy of a triple double. Like it was a fantastic showing from the Grizzlies all around, and this is the Grizzlies that we're all afraid of. Like everybody in the world is afraid of the Grizzlies that show up that showed up in game two. I can't wait to see game three when they head back to Minnesota, who's been looking forward to a home playoff game for yeah. how long now since Jimmy years, Butler was there, years. I think. Yeah, since Jimmy Butler was playing there. Or well, 12, yeah. It's been a long time coming. And I'm looking for Anthony Edwards as well, too. I think he is going to show up big in game there. I think him and John Moran could be an explosive back and forth battle. Anthony Edwards. Kudos to him. He proved me wrong. I thought he, when coming out of the draft, I was a little shaky. I I maybe took his comments about wanting to play football instead of basketball a little bit far, a little bit to heart there. Uh, he's not only upped his game since he got to the NBA. He is he's not only came to the NBA as the number one pick. He has upped his game every single level. He's a future perennial All Star. He's fantastic to watch. He's caught in so many bodies before the age of twenty four dunking on people. It's not even fair. And there's plenty more to come. I think he's going to come out with a big game three against. And I think him and John Morant's going to be explosive and. I think he might end up being the X factor because I expect Cat to give you twenty and ten at least. Even I expect that from him when he does worse. That's when it's like he has to. I mean, he exactly. really has to for this team to work. Exactly, and I expect I think Anthony Edwards for them to possibly steal Game Three. He might have to get you thirty five again. I think he might have to go something like that. Especially if John Moran is back feeling himself again as well too after that rough Game One with his Michael Jordan uh, posts and stuff like that on Instagram. I think we, this is what we're going to see moving forward from the Grizzlies. Anthony Edwards is going to have to have a hold my beer, young guys. I'm coming in sort of moment. So. That's Look, he's probably. 
I'm glad you brought up the, the, the football conversation because he's probably caught more bodies playing basketball than he ever would have playing football. Um, yeah. It just, and it's only been two years. Like, that's exactly. crazy. Exactly. As well, too. Well, you know, we mentioned football. We have plenty more NBA to talk about as in the weeks coming forward. But if you need more NBA fix, check out our TikTok page where the third member of our team, Max Cohen, the guy, has been doing breakdowns of each NBA team as well, too, moving forward all the way up through the playoffs as well. So keep an eye on him as well. Keep an eye on there as well, too, to get your NBA fix. We will have more coming up in the oncoming weeks as well, too. Don't think we're skipping out on you. But that's going to do it for our NBA stuff here and the tip-off. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Which is going to move us into Kelsey's second favorite part of every show. That is the main event. The main event, of course, brought to you by ColorCast, the premier audio sports listening app. Go and download it now for your iOS device. Give it a check. Check it out now. You won't want to. You don't want to miss out on the hype train. Kelsey, the journey to the draft continues. Our final week before the big one. Before the before drafts, the draft is officially underway. We're talking. We're talking the East divisions now. We got the AFC East and the NFC East. A whole lot of first round picks through littered throughout this as well, too. So we got a lot to talk about, Kelsey. Where, where are we going to start? You lead the way. Conduct us through this. Well, I I just want to start out and say that first of all, it's the AFC beast and the NFC least. Um, that's just be completely fair to what these two divisions are built like. Um, you still have the NFC kind of wondering who's gonna be the who's gonna be the 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 piece de resistance of the trash can mm-hmm. um in the NFC. And then for the AFC, it's I mean, I'm, I'm going to pose a very serious question to you before we get into going here. If the winner, the, the winner of this division going into next season, do you think they honestly have a case for saying they're the best team in the AFC? Do you think? Only if it's the Bills. Only because Only they, the I think they, met, I think if the Patriots win that though, I think there's, I still think they lack a little bit of the firepower and some, some of the high, heavy horses to deal with some of the teams like in the AFC West as well. So I think you can make a case for the AFC West, the, whoever wins that division, a little bit more. But at the same time, whoever wins the AFC East, you're gonna it's gonna cost a pound of flesh there as well. All right. Well, you know what? You you mentioned them, so let's go ahead and get started with them right now. And that's those New England Patriots right here. Obviously, you lose JC Jackson in the offseason. But but this is a deep cornerback class. So they do add Devontae Parker from the from the in in division rivals, Dolphin. I don't know if you can call them rivals anymore. They, the Dolphins actually seem to beat the Patriots more lately, so I don't know how much rivalry there is anymore. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, there's still a rivalry there. <laughs> but look, you, you get an in, in division rival with Devontae Parker coming to coming to uh, Foxborough. Do you think that helps out Mac Jones at all? First of all, it's funny because Devontae Parker's best game as a pro came against Stephon Gilmore in like 2018 or 2019, whatever <laughs> day it was, when he just randomly cooked him for like 100 yards and two touchdowns. It's the only time we've ever really seen Devontae Parker look like the kid that coming out of Louisville, who I thought had a chance to be the best receiver in that draft. I thought he had a really good case. He just can't stay healthy. If he stays healthy, I like him as a pickup, a tall, fast, athletic receiver. It's a nice Kendall Bourne and Nelson Aguilar mixed together type thing if he could stay healthy. So I don't, I don't hate him considering you give up really nothing for him too. What I don't like is that you let J.C. Jackson walk out the door right after you threw Stephon Gilmore out the door. Like your, your position of strength has quickly turned into a giant hole, which I have to imagine they might be looking to address in this draft as well, too. So I'm going to head over to you, Kelsey. Uh, pick number 21, first round for the Patriots. What do you think? What do you think's on their mind? What do you think Bill Belichick's cooking up in his evil magic, magic cauldron? Well, okay, so with the new, we, obviously we have to play this by ear because now with the news of Debo wanting a trade, the Patriots are rumored to be one of the five landing spots for him. Hmm. Um, obviously, the another team in this division, the Jets, we'll probably talk, we'll talk about them very soon um, as well. And then the Colts being probably the top three, the Patriots, Colts, and Jets being the top three favorites for landing Debo. So if you don't package 21 for Debo Samuel here, I do think 21, I think you got to go corner. Um, I look at Andrew Booth. I look at Trent McDuffie. Uh, I look at even Roger McCreary. Being one of those three corners going to New England, if they're still there. Um, if they're not, it wouldn't surprise me if you see Gordon, uh, the the other safety from Washington, or Kyer Elam going here to, to New England. I asked also. I will also add a caveat, though. I think if it's Elam that's available and you don't have Gordon, you don't have the opportunity for the other three as well. 
I do think maybe they, they look at like, I don't know, going a linebacker or something, something weird that the Patriots would do and turn it into some fantastic pick. Like, you know, the Bill Belichick thing. Um, but with 54-85, yeah, Kyle, yeah. Uh, with 54-85, I do think you go fill in at, at in positions. Maybe you get a late receiver. Maybe you go get um, the kid out of Purdue, uh, you know, sitting there at, 50, at 54. Um, and that's, again, we're talking if you don't get Debo. Because if you get Debo, you're probably packaging your one, your two, and the next year's one and two to go get Debo if we're being completely fair. Um, so, obviously, those depend. But that's where I look at it with it. I think you go first pick corner if you still have it. Second pick, you probably fill in with wide receiver or just best available. Um, seems like a very safe option for the Patriots. You just you're basically wanting Mac Jones to get as many weapons as possible, and you can do that in the second, third rounds, like they've always done. This this one's fun for me. So I'm going to give you a realistic pick. I'm going to give you an absolute wild pick, and then I'm going to give you an intriguing pick. So we're going to go. Th- this is just for the first round as well, too. So and I'll fill in the rest of it afterwards. I'm going to start with the intriguing pick. I'm thinking Jamison Williams, if he slides a little bit because of the injury, they don't have speed on that offense anywhere. Damn. That gives you speed and abundance and a guy who can Mac Jones can stretch the field with. He could throw a slant and he could take a 70 almost too easily. It doesn't make any sense how easy it is. We know Mac Jones works well with speed like Jalen Waddle and stuff like that. He doesn't have a rocket arm, but he puts the ball in a good position where fast guys can run really fast with the ball in his hands. Mac Jones showed he's a starting quarterback in the league. I think he's at this point you can build around him and not be scared you're wasting resources when you need a quarterback. I think that's always a fear with young quarterbacks. He's broody blonde. The realistic one, I'm agreeing with you. I really I like Kyle Gordon for them. I think Trent McDuffie is going to be gone. If Trent McDuffie is there, I think Bill Belichick runs the cartoon. Trent McDuffie's the best corner nickel corner in the draft by far. He could be a he's Charles Woodson esque in how he could also play safety, nickel corner, outside corner. My concern is he got no picks in his senior year, but he ended up with like four sacks too. So like I I think he's one of those guys who's gonna be a better pro than he was a college. Kenny Moore, anybody? I, that's what I'm saying. Like I think he could be very, very versus Kenny Moore, a former Patriot as well, too. Fun fact yeah. as well, too. The re- absolutely asinine one that I can already see you that, that it's the steam's already coming out of ears, but I think it's unnaturally possible is if Kyle Hamilton does slip, Bill oh Belichick getting his hands on that absolutely versatile monster as well. I don't think he's gonna slip to 21, but all these rumors about him slipping. We saw it last year, Jeremiah Wusu Cormo. We had him as a 12th overall prospect slip to the second round. We saw yeah. guys like Trayvon Merrick, a top 15 prospect, slip to the second round as well. So guys weirdly slip. Could you imagine if Kyle Hamilton's sitting there? What's well, going to be going through Bill Belichick's mind at 21? Like, are we joking? Am I being punked right now? Like, you're telling me a 6'4 safety with a really good football IQ and underrated and solid range who likes to thump people's available? Yes. I think that, that's and not just that's, some people, but, but with great ball skills as well. Exactly. So I think if he slides there, look out, look out AFC East. The Patriots might make me eat my words back. You know what? We are the best team in the AFC East because now we got playmakers on defense to go that we've been losing. So that's unlikely, but it's something to think about too. Maybe I'm warning the rest of the G- the other 20 teams ahead. I'm like, look, don't overthink this. Just take him. So the Patriots don't get him at this point. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because I actually did a mock draft today. Just one of the little demo mock drafts. And he actually fell to the Patriots, and that's exactly where he went with Kyle Hamilton to the Patriots. And it hurt me to watch, like, to just sit here and witness this entire mock draft, and here he goes to 21. And I was like, how? How is Kyle Hamilton a top three, top five player in this draft, depending on how high you rank him? How is he going to fall to 21? And I, 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 You know what? I witnessed it today, and I, I saw the scenario play out. And you, it is actually a complete possibility, and it does make sense. There is an argument for it. I don't like it. I would <laughs> hate to watch the. I, I mean, literally, you just give the Patriots the most dynamic defensive player in this draft, and you're just like, all right, Bill, let's see what that mad genius can come up with this time. Like, that's just, I mean, you basically just gave, you know, the keys to the castle to Bill Belichick if you give him Kyle Hamilton. Um, I do want to go back to your Jamison Williams pick, though. I do like that. And the one thing with Mac Jones is you mentioned it. He's not like a big arm guy, but he does have a good arm, but he's really timing based. And Jameson Williams runs a consistent route every single time. And that's huge is he can run consistent routes for somebody like Mac Jones. They can connect very easily. Um, I also want to maybe, maybe mention this and a guy that's again, talking about falling down boards, John Mechie in a second round pick potentially. And you talk about getting that speed, getting that awareness. And those are two guys that have worked together as well potential 
So, so Kyle Hamilton in the first round, John Mechie in the second round, Patriots taking oh, the AFC East. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that not that far as well, too. But they, that hurts to think about, right? They they're in a really good spot right now, and I think we I think we both agree, Mac Jones. For all the all the talk about him last year as a prospect, he's proved he's a starting NFL quarterback. I think he's proved that, and he's made a Pro Bowl too as an alternate. But he has proven he can get the job done. So I look for them to build around him a little bit as well too. So that'll do it for the Patriots. Where where do we want to stop in next? Who's next on our list? You know what? Let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. I talked about the division rival, Miami. Uh, the uh, future co-owner, Tom Brady, potentially hmm. of Miami. Uh, if you if you believe the rumors to be true, but we'll go to the Miami Dolphins. And well, the biggest rare, rare site, they went from having all those picks to no picks. Exactly. And the biggest thing I want to talk about, obviously losing Devontae Parker, only having four picks, but oh my God, you get Tyreek Hill. And Teron Armstead on top of it as well, too, for like a co-biggest addition on top of it. Yeah. And that's just it. Like we could, the, the problem is we couldn't put Teron Ter- Armstead in here just because it was like Tyreek Hill is, <laughs> yeah, like, and we don't have room for one that's six foot five and 300 pounds uh when you have the cheetah in there already like we we're trying to keep the cheetah happy right now at this point in time it feels like and i i do want to i do want to ask you about that how do you keep the cheetah happy when he goes from patrick mahomes to tua the mike mcdaniel effect we're gonna okay. see him hand the ball to tyree kill and treat him like he's debo samuel but like 18 percent like 18 percent of that because tyree kills not six to 230 I think Tyree, they're going to do a lot of bubble screens with him and Jalen Waddle. I think it's going to be a lot of quick, like fade routes, if that makes sense, not bomb routes, because Tua does throw a good fade route, like the one, two, three, lob it up and let him run underneath it, put the air under the ball, as opposed to like a 35 yard hole shot that Justin Herbert throws off his back foot while doing a 360. Like they're going to, I think they're in play to Tua's strengths. He loves throwing those quick slants. I think we're going to see a lot of run after the catch, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gasicki. I think it, they don't need a lot of picks, honestly, to be it. This is all really dependent on. Does everyone stay healthy? Teron Armstead and his crew. And can Tua take, can he stay, like, staying healthy? And can Tua take that next little bit of step? Like, he doesn't have to do a lot in this offense. He has a playmaker's galore. He just has yeah. to, he has to be on time, keep the offense rolling, and let his players make the big plays. Their running game's going to be shaky, probably. I mean, it's going to be probably in the 20s. You don't have a premier running back in your offensive line's not mauling. So I think at this point, there's not a whole lot of needs. I think it's just what does Tua have available? Like, this is, I don't want to say his make or break year because he's still such a young kid. He might go somewhere else and be just fine. Miami hasn't exactly given him a fair shake in his three years, trying to trade him every other week, it feels like. But I'm there's not a whole lot else to add at this point that you can. So at these picks, just pick the best player available. Maybe grab some offensive line depth, maybe some linebacker depth. Like the draft is not this draft is not for the Dolphins. They had all their picks already. They moved around and traded him. Like this is for them, it's just let's get everybody healthy to the regular season. Yeah, I, I actually think that's a great idea. Um, and also, I want to, you know, you talk. I talked about giving the keys to the castle to Bill Belichick if you got Kyle Hamilton. Uh, Mike McDaniel, goodness gracious, going from Debo Samuel, who is a gadget guy himself, to now Tyreek Hill. I mean, I honestly look at this, and I think Percy Harvin in college, you know, as far as what he was just able to do on the field, getting, you know, jet sweeps, getting handoffs, getting bubble screens, getting tunnel screens, getting weird little jagged, like, slant routes that don't make sense physics wise like they don't make sense to run the route for anybody other than somebody who runs a 4 hmm. and and you know i i look at a lot of those type of routes and tyreek hill while he's always been known as a go get it guy or he'll be downfield somewhere just getting open because he's just that much faster than everybody else i think we might see tyreek hill in a very different look because he'll be catching the ball around the line of scrimmage here and then taking it with a lot of running after catch Plus, you add in Jalen Waddle, who we didn't even talk about yet, <laughs> who can do the same exact things that Tyreek Hill can, but with a bigger body. And you still have Mike Kosicki to be that big body. Like, just go stand at the first down marker and be like, "Yeah, I'm here. Um, like, you're you're fine." I look at this hundred, like these four picks, and honestly, maybe you go get a, a a running back that's falling on a lot of people's boards, like Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama, just a big banger. Just somebody that can just go and get you some yards because right now you don't have that. Ahmed is not that guy. Um, you know, Gaskin is not that guy. Those guys are very much kind of off the edge, not really going to be a power back in the middle. Go get Brian Robinson to run right up, right up the middle for you. You know what? Solve that problem right there. Um, potentially a center can fall down to you right there, a guard. Get some interior offensive line help. Um, obviously, you filled, you did a great job filling the tackle role in, in free agency. 
but you do need some interior line. So with these four picks, I just kind of look for that. Um, and maybe looking at like taking a whole shot in the 240 range on somebody who's like an edge, maybe the the kid out of Virginia who, who you know, ran a 4-4 as a defensive end. You know, it's like, uh, why not? You know, at that point in time, in the 247 range, if he's there, obviously that's if, if he's there. Um, but I think that could be something they do just to see what happens. But I think with like their, their 102, 125, I think those are just like, just get, get, get something hopefully to just fill in depth. The draft is, uh, they're definitely chilling on the draft day. They're not putting a whole lot of effort into those first, especially those first couple days as well too. Like they're, they're going to be chilling. So that'll do it for the dolphins as well too. Where are we heading off to next? Oh, we're going to head from sunny, sunny South beach to, well, it's not so sunny right there right now. And that is the Meadowlands. So we're going to go to New York to the Jets. Now, this is a different story North. here where they have plenty of picks. Yeah, this is the complete opposite. So now you have two top 10 picks. And then two first seven picks in the second round. I mean, you have basically what is essentially four first round picks here if you really get down into it. And, I mean, DJ, they get CJ Uzoma in the offseason. A big help for a tight end getting Zach Wilson kind of that safety play. We saw what he did with Joe Burrow. CJ Uzoma came to life in a bunch of games for Joe Burrow. Um, he can do the same thing for Zach Wilson. Now, obviously, depending on how that knee does. But what do you see them doing with these four first, essentially first-round picks now that you lost Marcus May, and you still have a lot of holes to fill? Okay, I'm going to let you pick yours first, but I want to just point out that they have 10% of the first 40 picks. That's all you need to know about what's going on right now. So I have I have a fun thing with the Jets here. I, I'm going to go on a wild tangent with them, so I'm going to let you get your picks out of the way first before I go on my random conspiracy right. theory massive web that I'm going to have to construct. Okay, so if I'm honestly if I'm going through this with the with the with the Jets, I think number one, uh, you got to go Iki Okonwu. I, I think I think he is he is number one at that four spot. The only other exception to that is if you have Sauce sitting there at four. Um, those are my two options. Again, this is all withholding that Kyle Hamilton isn't off the board already. I'm assuming he would not be off the board, or he would already be off the board. So I'm going with Sauce Gardner, Iki Okonwu. There, uh, just help out their depth at both tackle or corner. Take your pick. They need both. Um, 10, you do the opposite. Whatever you <laughs> didn't get it for, you get the opposite of 10. Uh, you can potentially get Derek Stingley Jr. if he falls to that 10 spot, which a lot of draft boards have him falling to that 10 spot. You can potentially get George Karloftis as an edge here as well. You can get any one of the interior ta- interior guards here. You can get Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson sitting there, Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, Linderbaum. I mean, there are, there are people for days. And I think these first, the top 10 picks have to be solid, safe, efficient picks. You can't miss. Exactly. Your 35 and 38 picks, however, let's just say if there's some dudes sitting there and they've slipped for some reason or another, take your shot. But I do want to add, David Ojabu with the injury has slid down a lot of boards into the 40s and 50s range. 35-38, I'm taking a flyer. if, If he's there, like, here you go. Here's my card. I will take the guy that I like a little bit better out of Michigan for a value pick. As I like Aiden Hutchinson a lot, especially now that I've watched a lot more tape on him. But value specific, David Ojabu is a value pick, especially after that injury. You're gonna get some quality minute, some quality play out of him day in and day out once he's healthy. That's just gonna happen. And I think this Jets team, they, again, we talked about this last year. You need two drafts two off seasons for this team to really be comfortable. And you got a lot of picks to work with here. And and honestly, the first two, you can't miss the second two. I, I would take some flyers on. I think we kind of said that last year, your two drafts when you have plenty of picks, they did well in the last draft. I mean, Elijah Veritalk, yeah. oh, players like that, they did well with the question here is what do you think of Zach Wilson? That's what we got to figure out. Not us personally. It's what do they, it, what does we didn't see enough of him last year. He was injured and the team was a mess. Like it, it, we knew this was going to happen. So, the, big, the only thing you can do with these picks is you got to figure it out. So here's what we're going to do. Number four, I agree with you, Ikea Kongwu or Evan Neal. I'm taking one of those two is going to be there. I'm taking one of those. I'm building that offensive line. So that offensive line will have Mekti Betcon, Elijah Veritucker, and one of those three. I'm building a young offensive line. I'm going to have a brick wall in front of Zach Wilson. So if he is the guy, he will not be touched. He will not get hurt again. Pick number 38, I am looking on the defensive side. I am looking for 
a corner, just somebody that might maybe a Kyle Gordon slips there, a Roger McCreary, just like something to bolster that secondary when you have to deal with Josh Allen in the division, that sort of thing as well, too. Picks 10 and 35 are getting packaged in a deal along with a second round pick next year. And they're going to get Debo Samuel. He's getting they are sending those because if Debo was on the block, you can't get a better trade option than having pick number 10, the Niners with no first round pick, now ending up in the top 10 after trading for Trey Lance last year and ending with 35 on top of it as well, too. So you're virtually getting two first round picks, maybe throwing like a third next year or like you swap thirds or something like that, too, just to whatever you need to kind of bounce out since Tyreek Hill went for was it five picks or something ridiculous like that? Yeah, five, so five like, picks, yeah five all later of the draft later in the round pick. So you package that in, you bring in Debo Samuel to help out Zach Wilson. So you now have a brick wall in front of him to keep him alive and safe at 38. You pick a defensive playmaker just to add to that. They have a good front line with guys like Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams. They got a squad there. CJ Mosley still there at linebacker. You, you do have to replace Marcus may. Maybe you find a safety at 38, like Lewis seen, or maybe you get a corner. You just, I like Bryce Hall, the corner. You just bolster the secondary a little bit. Just, I like Ashton Davis, just add some playmakers. Then you go get Debo Samuel, the ultimate playmaker to help Zach Wilson. CJ Uzoma at tight end. You got Elijah Moore, who had a really strong rookie campaign last year. Corey Davis, when he's healthy, is nice. Denzel Mims, he's a guy. Maybe he, maybe he finally flourishes. We'll see. But then you get Debo Samuel, who I know he's technically a wide he's a wide back, but he doesn't want to play wide back. But you could make him maybe more receiver back. You could throw screens to him. He gives you a versatile weapon to really prove what Zach Wilson, what we can get with Zach Wilson. I think and if they do those say, things. There's- there's some relationship oh. to Robert Sala in there as well. And that's just worth mentioning. Absolutely. That was good. I was working my way there, but if you do my this, bad. my bad, didn't mean to my, take a thunder. If they do exactly what I said here. My prediction is the jets make the playoffs next year. If they do that, oh. you have to get oh. Iki Kongwu. You have to get, and you get Debo Samuel and you still draft a defensive playmaker who has a first round type grade, like a Kyle Gordon, a Roger McCreary, a Trent McDuffie, something like that. A guy that slips to 38, like JOK did last year. And that this is of course contingent. Everyone has to stay healthy. Obviously everyone has to stay healthy. Because you have defensive playmakers, the defensive coach. You have a young, talented quarterback. We know he's got talent. The question is how much – he had showed a lot of flashes last year when he was healthy. He's got weapons, and now he's got a brick wall in front of him that you can't touch him with. And you got a young running back, too, in Carter that was really showed some flashes, too. Man. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little stunned right now. I wasn't expecting you to, to say have to do exactly to what playoffs. I say, though. If they, don't, they, if they don't do exactly what I say, all bets are off. But they have to do that. You have to get – we'll go through it one last time because I'll be shorter with the rest of them. Kongwu or Evan Neal, I will even settle for Tyler Linderbaum, but I think I, I want one of those two tackles to complement Beckton and Elijah Vera Tucker. You get at 38, you get a defensive playmaker in the secondary, picks 10 and 35, and maybe a pick next year. Bring in Debo Samuel for you, and everybody stays healthy. The biggest thing is everyone's got to stay healthy, obviously. I say this, they do all that, then Zach Wilson gets out in week one. So then all bets are off. But my point is Zach Wilson will make that jump from first year to second year. Like if there's a most improved player in the in the NFL. He would make that jump if they do all these things. So you don't trust Joe Flacco? It's not that I don't trust Joe Flacco. It's that I'm really banking on you build around Zach, Zach Wilson because I think he's good. I think he's talented. The question is, you have to build around him. I don't think he's going to elevate everybody, but if you give him weapons, he will rise to them and maybe even a little bit better, if that makes sense. In a good situation, he will be great. In a bad situation, he might not quite be good. So if you give him a good situation, look out. That's that's all we're doing. Look out. No, that's fair. That's fair. I actually... It's interesting. It's a, it's a whole lot of fire coming there, but I, I, it's interesting enough, and it makes a lot of sense. So right, I've, spent I, I like time, I've spent enough time. I sound like Fireman Ed. Let's go ahead and move on to the Bills. I took up way too much time with that. All right. Well, fair enough. You said it yourself. <laughs> We're heading to the Bills. Von Miller, biggest addition, biggest loss. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd probably say actually Brian Dabble, but we're going to go with Cole, Cole Beasley in this case because why not? Uh, he has to get a shot somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you have one first-round pick, 25. Then you have a 57. You have 89. Then it's a bunch of later fifth, sixth round picks. So, DJ, you're the Buffalo Bills. You're a really good team. You got really good in the offseason. What do you do with 25 uh, and 57? Arguably the most complete team in the AFC when you look at it top to bottom as well, too, with how they have everything. Maybe if there's a good corner there that I like, I take them just while Tredavis White's coming off of the injury as well, too. So I like a corner there as well. Or I take a flyer on a running back, but either Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker. You normally don't take running backs in the first round. I know the golden rule, but at 25, maybe you take a flyer on one of them because you don't have that many needs. Just something to kind of make it so you don't have to run Josh Allen up the middle every damn play. So those are the two things I'm looking at, and the rest of it just filling with depth pieces. This team is absolutely loaded if they stay healthy. Like I, I said, the Jets make the playoffs. I did not say they win the division because I think it's going to the Bills 
borrowing, barring a dramatic injury or if the Patriots pull off some Houdini stuff. No, that's you know what? I don't hate that those ideas. I especially personally, I think they could go Brees Hall. Um, I, I think that's that's the guy. I, I mean, really, that is the guy for this offense. He can catch it. He can run it. We've all seen what he can do with his hands in, in the receiving game for Iowa State. He had Brock Purdy throwing him the ball. Brock Purdy is not Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a cannon of a quarterback who has one of the best dump-off plays at, in, the, in the world because everybody's expecting him to throw it 60 yards deep. Uh, and that's speaking of throwing it 60 yards, well, he just re-signed Stephon Diggs to a contract to continue to throw him 60-yard bombs consistently. Mm. Uh, th- this team is – Gabriel Davis, we, we saw what he did coming at, at – like, oh, my God, that guy's going to be filling in a lot of roles this year. They have no problem losing Cole Beasley for that. But I do say there is an opportunity here if, again, somebody is falling, one of these wide receivers is falling, by all means, sprint the card to the table and go get a Jamison Williams, go get a, you know, one of these guys, whoever the the fifth, the fourth receiver is that's falling, because that's usually who it's going to be. So, like, you look at this, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jamison Williams, John Mechie, um, Jahan Dotson, that, yeah, I can keep going. Uh, you know, Sky Moore. Whichever one of these guys is your fourth on the board that is following, pick him. And and then you can get Brees Hall at 57. Nobody's looking at running backs until round three at this point in time is what it looks like. Hmm. Like, you have tons of picks here. And, and the, the Bills, they don't need a, whole, a ton of holes. They don't have a ton of holes to fill. They just have depth they need to fill. And I, I think that's a big part of it. Here's a crazy idea for that as well, too. 25, you take like the corner, something like that. What about a Wandell Robinson at 57 if he's hanging out? Oh, there my God. Just gives you a that. A, a, a wide back again. Mm-hmm, exactly. Just a versatile player to mess around with Josh Allen as well as so you just have those different options. And let's not forget, they signed OJ Howard, if I'm not mistaken, as well, too. They I did. think they brought him in as a second tight end. So they can bring in some big formations as well. You know, Josh Allen throw a fade ball up there to a six foot six guy. So the him and oh, Dawson yeah. Knox in a two tight end set, Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis, who's also six five on the outside. Um, Brennan Dow was probably looking back like, damn, can I, I know I'm a head coach now, but can I come back? That sounds like fun. I want to deal with that as well, too. So Bills, uh, I think are the, could very easily be the most complete team in the NF in the AFC going to next year as well, too. But AFC, this was a lot of fun, a lot of spice. Oh, now we go to Kelsey's favorite division, the NFC least as well, too. So Kelsey, go ahead and let us know where we're starting at. Go ahead and take it away. I'm you know what? Uh, why not? We're going to start with the big blue. We're already in New York talking, you know, in Orchard Park up there. Well, this is safe travel right back down to the Meadowlands. <laughs> and we're going to talk the Giants again. We just talked Brian Dabble. Biggest addition is Brian Dabble. Your biggest loss is Jabril Peppers. You have again, just like the other New York team, two top 10 picks and a first a late first round pick, essentially, with that 36. You got a lot of options. You got a lot of holes, though. And number one hole I look at is that safety role. And I swear if Kyle Hamilton is there at five, you sprint the card to the table, and you get your future safety for the next 15 years. You're welcome, New York Giants. That's it. That's, 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 that's my answer. And then you use offense for your other two picks, especially offensive line. Um, definitely need to be the hole you guys fill. Uh, if for some reason Kyle Hamilton's not there, Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. It's your first first round picks in my eyes. Like that is your biggest hole. If you're the Giants, you have safety and you have offensive line. Um, take the best available between the two, which is Kyle Hamilton or offensive line. Weirdly enough, I'm not as high on the Jets as I was or on the Giants as I was with the Jets. I don't think that this draft can flip them into a playoff contender, even no, though their division no. is significantly easier. I the jury is still out on what Daniel Jones will be, can do. Will Brian Dabble be able to transform him? Like what's going on there? We got to figure that out. Healthy. Exactly. So but I'm going to keep mine quick with them. Fifth pick, I'm going Charles Cross. Unless Evan Neal or Ikea Kong was there, but I think both of them are going to be gone personally, at least how I have it playing out. If the Jaguars and the Jets are smart, they'll both be gone. That's still to be seen. So I like the idea of Charles Cross at five. Get an offensive line in front of them. Get, see if you can revitalize it. Let play six with the Panthers play out. Maybe someone trades up. Then you have a chance with Kayvon Thibodeau or Sauce Gardner or Kyle Hamlin. You take one of those absolute, maybe some, for some reason, Aiden Hutchinson is there, which I doubt it, but one of those four guys is going to be available at seven. It's inevitable. One of them's going to drop. So take take one of them, bolster your defense. 36, take anything besides the receiver because you spent you have the most money spent on your receiving room in the NFL, and they gave you five touchdowns. So you, you got to build around them as well, too. I wouldn't even hate going double-dipping an offensive line. If you're going to change trade James Bradbury, maybe they trade him on draft day for like a second, like a third or something like that, or use it as a package to swap picks. I don't know at this point. So 
honestly, they just need so many players and we got to figure out if Daniel Jones is that guy. I think we already kind of know he's not that guy, that guy. We got to see if Brian Dabble can maybe up his game a little bit. So he has, you spent all the money on receivers, give him a Charles Cross or an offensive lineman, then add some defensive playmakers. That's kind of what I'm looking at with him. This division is not too far off for them, but I think I'm still not sold about Daniel Jones. I'm really just not sure about him. No, that's fair. And you you talk about a team that's not too far off. Well, we're going to move to a team that's probably not too far off if we're being completely honest. And they did add who is hopefully going to be their guy. And that's the new Washington Commanders and their biggest addition, obviously, being Carson Wentz. Losing Brandon Scherf in the offseason, but they do still have a top 15 pick with that 11 pick. And then you have a 47. Where do you go with 11, DJ? You said that team that could, that's not too far off. If everything ended today, like there was no draft and we just stopped now, they'd be my pick to win the division right now. I think they had like seven one, one possession games last year and had a losing record in those with Taylor Heineke and the ghost of Ryan Fitzpatrick for a quarter. Like they, and whoever else played quarterback for them, I can't even remember. Carson Wentz, for all of his faults, he's much better than both of those guys. He can win you a lot of games. He's not afraid to just say, screw it, Terry McLaurin out there somewhere. He will get Terry McLaurin paid if he's not already going to get paid as he should. Antonio Gibson, you're not going to catch any more checkdowns probably, but he can run the ball like that. Curtis Samuel, when he gets healthy, I think they, I think they're def, It's a big upgrade from the quarterback. Even losing Sheriff, it's a, it's a good enough offensive line. It was a really good offensive line last year. Defense, we know about their defense. My lord, do they have playmakers all over the place? Especially when Trace Young gets healthy again. Eleven, there's a lot you can do here. I like, I like a Derek Stingley or a corner like there as well too. I don't hate the idea of going with going with somebody like a Jamison Williams or a Garrett Wilson or one of these thousands of receivers just to air it out. There's a lot you can do here. I don't even hate your boy Kyle Hamilton. If he slips, he's there. Are they getting another team that could use him as well? I feel like too, we're going to keep saying Kyle Hamilton every time it pops up as an opportunity here. The, the Patriots one I was reaching, but this one I think is a realistic potential fit for him as well too. But if I had to slot somebody in for them right now, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and – I'm going to go out on the limb. I'm going to say take Garrett Wilson here. I'm going to say you take an explosive receiver because Curtis Samuel, I'm worried about his health as well, too. Like, you give Carson's going to have Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson, and Curtis Samuel. Three Ohio State guys, no pun, no, not even, not purposely intended, but it just kind of worked out that way. Guys that could play in different roles, Terry McLaurin's your clear one. Garrett Wilson has shown the ability to be a one to like, complement other great receivers. Curtis Samuel's your wide back. He can play running back. Like, just put a bunch of weapons around him. You have defensive, your defensive line still ferocious when they get healthy. Give Gar basically make make your the trade for Carson Wentz look really, really smart. Do everything you can to make it look smart. Mitigate any chance that it flops. Because Carson's a big play quarterback for better and for worse. You need big time playmakers to make big time plays. He's not a he will not keep your offense on schedule. He will lose you games with it. But my oh my, if he gets into a groove, he will win you some games just by airing it out to those guys. So I say just give him every chance to win like the Eagles did that year he was in the MVP running. RPOs galore with him and Curtis Samuel. Garrett Wilson, uh, yeah, go all, go all in, if you will. Like Take take charge as the new commanders. Wow, I really wish you didn't say that. Nope, you're, uh, you're Max. You didn't say it first, but I, I'm in full fair, command of this contract right now. All right, all right, whatever. We're going to stop <laughs> you on the commander puns before we get before we get canceled here. Um, but no, so uh, I, I agree, though, that this is not a case – a lot of if you had not gotten Carson Wentz, my my answer would be you need to replace Brandon Sheriff here with eleven. But here's the thing: Carson Wentz with a great offensive line has already proven it doesn't matter. Like him having He's a good that ball to throw at fifty yards, no matter who's yeah. in front of him. The 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 he needs somebody who's going to get open. He does not need an offensive line to protect him. He just needs somebody who he knows will get open, and he'll just throw it to him. He doesn't care. Like he's just going to put it where they're going to get open at, and so. You talked about Terry McCorn wanting a contract. Terry McCorn is going to get his contract under Carson Wentz. Curtis Samuel, we're going to find out if he gets healthy, what he can really do uh, with a with a quality deep ball quarterback. But I think you're right. I think you do go the offensive weapon here. Um, and I do think your 47th pick, I, I would not be surprised if you guys are the guys to go get Trey McBride uh, at this point in time in the Commanders. You know, get a tight end. That helps out Carson Wentz as well because he does not hate throwing to, 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 to tight ends in the red zone. He loves it. And, you know, it's it's something that I you're not going to reach for a tight end at 11. But at 47, you can get Trey McBride, and you feel feel, feel pretty comfortable about that. Um, just, you know, 11, just get uh, – this is going to be interesting to say. But like the Ravens, sir, just go get the best available players. The Commanders need to go get the best available offensive playmaker at 11. And, and I think that ex- the exception to that is quarterback. Don't go get a quarterback. 
I also don't hate the idea of Drake London. Just get a big body guy to throw up those fade routes too if he's there available. I have a high grade on Drake London, so I think he's going to be gone by then personally. If I'm in charge, I guess. But I don't hate the idea of Drake London going opposite Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel in the slot as well too. Just to, when in doubt, just throw it he up there somewhere as well too. And he loved Michael Pittman. So Mm -hmm. Drake London and Michael Pittman, very similar in those two. But that'll take us to, well, we're going to go to Texas for this one, uh, to Jerry's World and Dallas and DJ Dante Fowler Jr., the biggest addition for the Cowboys. And if you're wondering who that is, don't worry. Uh, yeah, it's it's okay. Uh, biggest loss, though, yeah, obviously Amari. You lost Amari Cooper and you lost Randy Gregory on top of it as well, too. Like, it's it's kind of a mess in Big D right now trying to figure out they're, alleged, they're supposedly in that Debo Samuel sweepstake as, as well, too. So we'll see how that plays out. And looking at you, got pick 24, picks 56. Like, they're not exactly prime picks. Oh, and, and they're lucky number 88. Lucky number 88 as well, too. I do like Dante Fowler, though. He had some good time with the Jaguars and with the Rams a little bit. He's just, you need to, you need like DeMarcus, franchise tag DeMarcus Lawrence on the other side of him as well, too. Or you need Micah Parsons to build off of last year's season. Like, you have playmakers to Dallas. It's a terrible division, but I just don't trust them. Like, I don't know what is yeah. like they're, they were 12, they won 12 games last year, and it was like the worst 12 games ever, it felt like as well, too. Like, it felt like they just beat the NFC East twice because every, Time they face somebody else, it was really shaky. So I don't know what to think about them. What I do know is you lost a premier number one receiver when you threw him the ball. You'd so you need to you need to kind of replace that spot. Your offensive line is getting old and shaky and injured. And you, and you lost Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. Exactly. And then Zach Martin is still a premier guard when he's healthy. Tyron Smith is still really good when he's not holding or injured as well, too. Like they're still I honestly don't hate the idea of pick 24 just trying to build that offensive line. It can just continue to build up. I really like Jarrett Patterson, the center from Notre Dame. I think he will be here. You need to replace the ghost of Travis Frederick as well, too. They have not been able to fix that as much since he's been gone, understandably so. So I don't hate the idea of just starting. You paid Dak, already, you already gave Dak a stake in Jerry's world at this point, how much money you paid him as well. You gave, got rid of Amari for nothing to try, basically to hammer home he, that Dak is your guy, that he doesn't even need Amari Cooper. Well, just put something in front of him then. You, if Zeke's going to get just continue to decline, maybe with a great offensive line, he can turn back the clock a little bit. So they do their best after they pick offensive line, as weird as that feels like. Remember when they drafted Zach Martin the next year, Tony Romo led him to 12 and four, it felt like. like. Then they drafted Zeke and Dak and got the offensive line healthy and then started winning again. So maybe try and rebuild that offensive line magic a little bit. I like a Jared Patterson or a Tyler Linderbaum if he slips as well, too. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Tyler Linderbaum. If he slipped, again, talk about a guy who slips down boards that you just need to rush a card about. Tyler Linderbaum, number one center in the draft. Go get that man if he's available. Uh, I also look at Trevor Penning, uh, you and I, if he's sitting there. potentially oh, he's going sitting here. there. I'm sprinting the card. I, if he gets past those teens <laughs> with the Chargers, the Saints, and all those, I'm I'm handing the ball to CD and having him juke everybody in the crowd to get there. Yeah, I, I mean, this one's just simple. Just go get offensive line. Everything else, on paper, everything else looks pretty good. 56 can be a corner. Um, your, your corners probably do need some some backing there, just some depth. But realistically, I, I like you. You just need you just need bodies, and you need offensive linemen at this point in time. Um, so you can look at the best available offensive linemen there, whether it's Linderbaum, Trevor Penning, or Bernard Ryman. Maybe um, go get them as uh, you know potential right tackle uh, in that in that mix there. So I don't know. I, I don't like the Cowboys mortgaging their future for Zeke I, that also bothers me a lot um obviously Dak I yeah that, okay fine pay the man whatever I don't care just get him some protection because we don't need a re- repeat of two years ago I think we kind of saw last year as well too Dak when things are going well he could perform well but I don't think he's quite like the Josh Allen or I don't think he very rarely is gonna take that weird like echelons on immortal type step or like Joe Burrow like those guys he's still a very good Pro Bowl quarterback and when you can win with I just don't think he can mask all of your flaws, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and the biggest part of that is he lost one of his greatest abilities, which was his threat to run. Um, you know, he is, you can still see very clearly he is not comfortable running the ball. And, you know, you talk about quarterbacks who have – they're not the most, the biggest threats to run, but they keep teams d- true by rushing, like Joe Burrow being the number one at Pearson. I look at that, like, Joe Burrow's not going to beat you for 100 yards rushing the ball. But – if you run, if you go man up forty yards deep and you're only rushing three people, he will go take what yards are given. And if you keep giving it to him, he will have hundred yards rushing. Dak Prescott used to be that guy, but you didn't see any of it last year. Like literally, it was just abysmal when he had an opportunity to, to rush out of the pocket. He just didn't look comfortable. So 
I don't know if that's something that's going to be long-term, but that is something you got to look at with Dak that you're maybe a little bit worried about, which offensive line should help protect him um, at that case. But we'll and, see. But and, that'll take us. Top, oh, go ahead. My oh, bad. As, and on top of it, too, the decline of Zeke has taken away one of his best attributes, which is his ball handling and ball faking ability, the ability to like turf, stick the ball in and pull it out off play action as well, too, and to read off of that. He's a really weirdly good play action quarterback, as weird as that is to say, because you'd think everybody is, but they're not. Some quarterbacks thrive off of it, and he really does, too, and <laughs> Well, that's dead now. That's that's dead until yeah. Zeke's able to turn back the clock a bit. That is one of those under 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 appreciated assets that he brings to the table. Alex Smith was a fantastic guy handling the ball. Uh, Why he's able to sneak out of the pocket so many times for just end arounds that were just naked bootlegs that he took to the house. So exactly. uh, yeah, well, Dak Prescott. Well, we're gonna head to if you a... learn anything. Exactly. Well, that's gonna take us to our final team for this journey to the draft and a team that had three first round picks at one point, but decided to trade one away to have multiple picks next year because they just can't have too many of them. We got the Philadelphia Eagles. Biggest loss, probably, Rod- probably Rodney McLeod is what we decided to go with the safety. Biggest addition, pass rusher, Arsan Reddick, who had quite the season last year as well. You got picks 15, 18, and 51 as your first few. Definitely for, uh, first round heavy. And you got two first round picks coming up next year after trading with the Saints. So, Kelsey, I'll go ahead and start with you. Eagles picks 15 and 18. Where are they looking right now? Uh, number one right, wide receiver. Whichever wide receiver is there, whatever mm-hmm. one is number one on your board, and that's there, you, you go get them. That's what you go get to 15. Uh, 18, I look at this as a defensive lineman, uh, prefer- preferably Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt um, being the guy. If neither of them are there for whatever reason, if they go off the board at 16 and 17, which is a complete possibility for New Orleans and L.A. to go take them, you go get the best available linebacker there that could possibly be there. And and that could be a very good pickup for them. I, I do think that's something that they need to look at. That is a coverage linebacker, not – not a rush linebacker. You have plenty of those. Get a coverage linebacker, um, and 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 you'll be fine. But really, I look at that that 15 pick. You got to go get a receiver. That's number one on your list. Uh, you, <laughs> Jalen Rager is is not the guy you thought he was. Would it be out of line for me to say if Kyle Hamilton slips, take him here again? Can I just keep hammering this train home as well too? But <laughs> I, I'm agreeing with you. Pick number 15. Get somebody to go with Devonte Smith. Give Jalen Hurts, give him a chance. Last year, you were the leading rushing team in the league. Just Devontae Smith showed he can be a number one receiver in the NFL, even with an 80-pound elbow brace. Quez Watkins is a fun, deep threat type of guy who can get loose. But you Just need something to get in the end zone once. Even from 98 yards away. But <laughs> I, you got to get somebody to go with him. I They got to get somebody else to compliment those guys as well, too, on the outside. Drake London would be great here, but I think he's going to be long gone. I like a guy who Devontae mm-hmm. Smith gets open. He runs clean routes. I don't, I don't hate the idea of getting somebody who can maybe kind of just run away from people. Like I like Christian Watson here at 15 or 18. I know a lot of people, I think he's climbed up a lot of boards. I think is a height, weight, speed guy. Cause Chris Olave is better, but I don't think he, he's too similar to Devonte Smith. And I don't think that's going to help them. I want a guy who's, I want a f- physically imposing type of receiver, if that makes sense. So maybe a Christian Watson at 18, then at 15, you take maybe Jordan Davis to stick him next to Fletcher Cox for a year. Let him learn from Fletcher Cox and make Fletcher Cox's job easier when you have Jordan Davis next to you for a year. Let's see how you, what you can work with that. Or even, I don't mind N'Kobe Dean, somebody to captain that defense as well, too. So 15, I like the idea of defense playmaker. 18 is where I like to take my shot at a receiver. Maybe even Traylon Burks, honestly, as well, too. I like, I think, just those big-bodied receivers to help out with Jalen Hurts. Give him a big target radius, if that makes sense. That sort of, that where you can just kind of throw it in his vicinity, and he'll find it. Yeah, no, that's definitely... Like you got to give him. This is going to be make or break here for Jalen Hurts. They proved that with that trade with New Orleans by getting all the picks for next year. So Jalen Hurts is is basically going to be fighting against himself this season, and and hopefully the Eagles don't do what the Eagles have done recently with quarterbacks and kind of leave him out to dry. Hopefully they actually try to help him out. Now, granted, you mentioned Devontae Smith is a fantastic number one <laughs> receiver, um, and he's proven his size does not matter. That eighty pound brace, he is able to run with it, cut everybody. Up like you know it's fine and Darius Slay on the back end on in the secondary looks still fantastic. Um, obviously, yeah, you lose Rodney McLeod. That'll be something you can address later on. Um, get one of these later safeties that are available out there. You'll be fine. But Absolutely. I do think, yeah, in the first round you got to just fill in that that receiver hole for sure. 
Or if you want to be real jerks, just continue to hammer home that we're going to be the best running team and get two offensive linemen and just kind of re- just reload up and just go with a full wall and run behind that with doesn't matter. Jalen Hurts and doesn't matter. who that, that, that works too as well too. And let Devontae Smith basically be your lone receiver. Go heavy set every time. So there's, I'd hate it, but yeah, that's possible. That, it would be funny. Well, that is going to do it for our journey to the draft coverage. We have gone through the last four weeks, last month. We've gone through every single team, talked about their additions, their losses, everything you want, which is going to lead us to I don't want to call it the granddaddy of them all because that's a little bit, I think that might be trademarked, but we're going to be heading off to next week when we decide to do our final mock draft, going through all 32 picks and saying what we would do in their spots, not saying what we think they will happen, but we're going to do say what we would do in those situations as well too. So definitely look forward to that. We've got our big board of the top 50 players we'll be releasing as well too. So keep track of those on our social media pages as well too. I think we're going to have some surprises in our top fifties. I don't think everyone's going to be fully ready for that one. And of course, you can't mention it too. First round of live coverage, Colorcast, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. Be sure to catch us on there as well too. Jump in, drop some chats, join us. We're going to be doing the full live coverage like we did last year. I can't wait for it because this is always one of the most fun events we do. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute blast. We had a great time last year. Raised some money for charity last year. That was cool. We're not going to be doing it for charity this year. Um, we just didn't didn't find anybody this time for, for we'll charity. accept donations though still accept yeah donations. If, if you guys have a charity though by all means you can you know the same thing that we did last year you know you donate and and send the, send the charity name we'll donate in that charity's name you know in the same fashion we might even match your donation you know um do some fun let's stuff do, like let's, that. Do, so, let's not get hasty it depends how many zeros are in that donation but like, the, the obviously is- we, we, you have to respect the fact we do this for fun so not not for being paid but guys that'll do it for us today cannot wait for all the stuff coming up As always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you later. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 